cloth Y'all would get ripped apart You want a diamond, then you gotta get it in the dark We dropping nuggets like Carmelo with the Rucker Park Now we eating from state to state, we scrape the plate I put my eggs in a basket, took a leap of faith I took a chance, now we grow and see the impact Decoding success with special guests, now let's bring Matt Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Decoding Success Podcast, episode number 171, and you are rocking with your host, Matt Labrie. First and foremost, right out of the gate, I just want to express our gratitude for your continued support, for you tuning into this episode, knowing that you're going to find value in the experiences, in the stories, in the lessons learned from this amazing individual that we're hosting today, and all the individuals that we host on a daily basis. So I just wanted to hop out of the gate and make sure we're expressing our gratitude to you because we're doing this for you. So I just wanted to make sure we are saying thank you. Now, with that all being said, I have to ask you that if you're the one that's finding value in these episodes, we want to make sure that the people in your circle are also finding value. It costs absolutely nothing for you to share this with the people in your circle, whether it's your group chat, your coworkers, your employees, your staff, your friends, your family, whoever the case is, your colleagues, the people you go to school with, Whoever it is, it would be so monumental for them to be able to receive the value that you are also receiving today. So make sure that you're sharing it. And if you share it on social, make sure you're tagging us so that we can show you love in return because we absolutely love doing just that. Now, today we are being joined by Vegas Dave, often regarded as the Futures King, one of the elite sports handicappers of this era. His amazing talent for betting on long shots has helped him build a lucrative career in Las Vegas for the last 15 years. Because of his recent successes, Dave was able to do what only 1% of the world can do, and that is beat Vegas. When I say beat Vegas, I mean he beat them bad. The result of this has caused all major sports books to ban Vegas Dave. Now, Dave has retired from sports betting and has been pursuing Vegas Dave Consulting LLC full-time. Today, he is an acclaimed sports betting consultant, providing membership packages for clientele from all over the world, putting them in a prime position to do what Dave has done successfully in the past, which is win at sports betting. From what started with five players four years ago has now grown into a global business recognized worldwide with over over 10,000 happy clients. And today we are diving into the lessons that Dave has learned pursuing such a career as this, following his dream, following his passion, all of the lessons embedded within that journey. On top of that, we're going to find out the mindset of how you continue to show up and bet on yourself and find a way to continuously believe, believe, believe through all of the hardships, knowing that this is what you're destined to do, knowing that you have what it is inside of you, you have what it takes to continue continue pursuing your dreams, your passion, and whatever it is you're destined to do and become. So with that being said, without further ado, we bring to you our friend, Vegas Dave. Dave, welcome to the show, man. Excited to have you, excited to decode your success. So super grateful for this opportunity. Thank you for joining us, man. Thanks for having me. Of course. First question for you, same way we kick off every show. How does Dave personally define success? Man, success for me is a lot of hard work. I mean, hard work, hard work, hard work. I work while other people are sleeping. You know, that's why um, I'm very successful. You know, I grind out every, not just hour, every minute, every second, every day, you know, 4 a.m., sometimes 3 a.m. to 11 p.m., seven days a week, last four years, haven't taken a day off. And I'm not gonna take a day off until I'm 60 or hit a billion dollars. So whatever comes uh, 
sooner. But um, yeah, hard, um, there's a lot of things that define hard uh, um, success, but uh, hard work is the main principle for me. I love that. Now, how do you find yourself doing that mindfully without causing any issues to your health? I'm just curious, you know, with all this, uh, you know, chatter about mental health and whatnot, I'm curious. I do yoga three times a week. Um, that's probably the only time I leave my place in Vegas. I do yoga. So I do my stretching cause I'm stuck at a computer all day. So I do my stretching and I do my meditation three times a week. That helps me. And, um, right now I'm on a crazy diet. I think I've dropped 20 pounds in 22 days. Um, it's all zero carbs and people are like, how can you do zero carbs? Just mindset. You know, I have a powerful mindset. How can I work relentless hours? How can I go zero carbs? It's mind over matter. You have two choices, open your mouth or keep your mouth shut or for working, go to sleep, hit the alarm, hit the snooze or wake up. It's all about choices. And I choose to do what um, is going to benefit me the most. Now, is that keto or is it something different? Um, HCG diets, like 500 calories a day, zero carbs. Um, and then now I'm just adding a little bit of carbs now, but just two, four ounce uh, meals of protein a day and, uh, and a lot of liquid. I love that, man. I love that. That's awesome stuff. Now we, we know who Vegas Dave is now. We're going to get into some more of that. I'm curious to learn who Dave was in high school. The reason mm. I ask is because I just want to go through your journey to see how you got from point A to where you are today. Right? So who was Dave in high school? How did he define success back then? What did he want to do, et cetera? I was a troublemaker, you know, um, mm. almost didn't graduate from high school because of my art teacher. I think I egged her house in high school and I was just a problem child um, growing up. I was also an entrepreneur as well. You know, I was buying and selling baseball cards at 13, 14 years old. And then I was renting tables and renting holiday inns and renting the tables for 40 bucks a pop. I was living in Michigan at the time, so I hired Detroit Red Wings to sign autographs. So I was making money off the autographs the tables and I was in charging emissions fee. I was making, you know, three, four grand a week as a 13, 14 year old being an entrepreneur. Uh, I didn't like school, but uh, they eventually passed me in high school and I went to Michigan state where I didn't last long at all. I love that. Now, what, what was it that piqued your interest in sports? Did you play sports or was it that you couldn't play sports so that you, you know, got on the no, other I end of it? I was very athletic growing up. I mean, my dad played soccer in Romania. Um, I was actually top 10 uh, player um, up to high school um, for soccer. I was very, very good. But then when I got to the high school levels, my priorities changed. I wanted a party. I wanted to meet girls. Mm -hmm. And at that time, the kids were so much bigger than me. I was always small. So when I got to high school, these kids were twice the size of me. Even though I had a very high skill set, uh, I didn't have the strength. And that's what eventually got me into steroids, which was another part of my journey um, growing up um, senior in high school through college. I'm curious. I really resonate with what you just said about, you know, you had the desire to party, meet girls, et cetera. I fell into the same exact thing. I played baseball here in New York City. I was uh, I was playing under a New York, a former New York Yankee World Series champion, Alan Watson. And I tore my labrum after that. I was like, you know what? I'm done. Uh, I got caught in that same trap. But I must say I have some regret. Right. Like I do miss the game. Do you have any regret around that? No, because what I'm doing right now. I make You're more money. It. I mean, I make too much. I don't, there's no, not a profession that I know that pays this kind of money. And right. I love what I do. So everything happens for a reason. I just think, you know, like I said, everything happens for a reason. I grew up with a sports oriented mindset, played soccer, baseball, football, hockey. You know, my parents got me into everything and I, and um, just came full circle as an adult. Yeah. I love that, man. I love that. Now going into college, uh, did you go to UNLV or am I 
mistaken? No, I went. I grew up in Ann Arbor, and my parents wanted me to get away from my circle of friends, so they sent me to Michigan State. Um, I didn't last long at all. I got kicked out the first three months for throwing parties. I was running a business there. I'd throw keg parties, charge admission. I was always an entrepreneur, right. and they kicked me out. They suspended me. They let me come back the following year. Then they kicked me out again. So they suspended me twice in the first 24 months and they said no more. So after that, you know, my parents were pissed. I know they wanted me, my parents are immigrants. My dad from Romania, my mom's Japanese. They wanted me to get a college education. That's what right. they wanted me as a dream to have a college education. But formal, formal education wasn't for me. I was always flipping stuff, selling weed in high school, selling steroids in college, throwing parties. I was always an entrepreneur looking for the next quick flip. What gave you that entrepreneurial bug? I think baseball cards as a kid, 12 years yeah. old, buy a card for 10 bucks, flip it for 60 bucks. I always had the vision. This rookie's going to be good. This player's going to be good. Buy the card for 20, sell it for a hundred, two weeks later. So I always had that vision and it was quick money, easy money, better than uh, shoveling snow. Like my neighbor, the other kids were doing the neighborhood. Right, right. I was one of the kids shoveling snow. I collected cards. I loved them. I mean, listen, you, you talk about this vision. You got to tell me, do you have the vision of the Knicks or the Braves winning a championship anytime soon? I like the Braves. I like the Braves a lot. Um, great pitching staff and, and right. young pitching staff. And they're going to get, uh, you know, they got freed. Um, I like, and what's the other guy's name? They got hurt. Soroka. Yeah, Soroka. They're, they're good. And Ian Anderson's good. I like that. And I like, I like that team. They did well with a depleted pitching staff um, in the playoffs last year. I like them a lot. Yeah, man. I listen, I'm born in New York, but diehard Brave fan. I'm born in 92. So like, how could I not? I had, I was growing up on Maddox, Glavin, Smoltz, you know? Yeah. Listen, my dad was a Met fan. I'm like, why are you rooting for the team that's losing? Root for the team that's winning. It was the Braves, you know? So <laughs> no, I just had to throw that in there. Um, so, all right. You started with baseball cards or you started with cards in general, right? How did gambling or betting, I should say, come about? Well, I love sports. When I, after I left, got kicked out of Michigan State, I moved to Hawaii. Um, that's where my mom's from. So I moved out there right. not knowing anybody. And out there, I met some people out there that knew, that told me you could gamble on sports. And I had no idea. And I was like, well, what a perfect match. I love sports and you can make money off it. And of course I lost, but that's how I got introduced to it. But then I was, I had a vision and I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to beat the sports book. So after a couple of years, I told my parents I was going to go to UNLV to go. I was ready for college and make them happy. But that was just a lie just so I could move closer to the casinos. I actually uh, took a student loan out from um, UNLV for $10,000. Didn't buy books or anything. Didn't even go to class. Took the whole $10,000, cashed it out at the Palms Hotel. Because back then you could cash your uh, checks at the hotels. And I put the whole 10,000 on red. Um, I don't know why I did that. I haven't played roulette since it hit. It flipped to 20 grand, dropped out of college that day. And that's where the journey began for Vegas, Dave. That, that was my bankroll. Right. So I, that's what I read. That's what I read about you. I appreciate the clarity on that. Now, when was it that you realized what you were doing with betting could become something? Was it in that moment when you were playing roulette? No, no. Roulette was just a one-time thing. I don't know. It's just a spur of the moment. I'm very go by gut intuition. And then I started, I never played roulette since, you know, I don't right. play the game slots. And um, so it's really odd that uh, God or my God or the angels had me do that. It's crazy. But um, it's always been sports. I had some big wins early, so I knew I could win. But then um, I think the epiphany is, is when I went to Gamblers Anonymous, you know, I lost all my money. And I was sitting in Gamblers Anonymous checking scores. And I was like, man, I would have won again. I'm like, man, I would have won again because I wasn't betting for those two weeks in Gamblers Anonymous. Mm -hmm. I went seven out of 10, eight out of 10, four out of five. 
I was like, if I'm picking numbers the, the, at these rates, why am I losing money? And I realized I didn't have a skill level, a skill, a skill problem. I had a money management problem. I had a discipline problem. And that's why the casinos are so rich because people chase their losses and they can't manage their money because in sports betting, it's 50% skill, a little bit of luck and 50% money management discipline. And if you can't manage your money, you're going to go broke. Yeah. Talk to me about the mindset behind it. Like it's, it's a science more than anything, you know? I mean, I know people do it for fun. Uh, I I've done it every now and then I was a big Kobe Bryant fan. I would just say for the fuck of it, here's however much on Kobe tonight, you know, like that's just how I did it. Uh, but it's actually a skill when you get to your level and there's not, there's probably no one on your level right now in regards to this. So I'm curious, like what's the science behind it? What's the mindset behind it? You mean the mindset I can't like how I pick my games or like the what's your direct question? More so along the lines of number one, how do you manage risk? Um, so like all, and how, how do you control yourself pretty much? Well, first of all, I'm no longer a better. I'm, I, I've been banned. Right. I have, a, I have a federal ban against me to placing bets because I won so much money. We can talk about that as well. So I have a consultant. So I tell people how to bet. See, people, I teach money management in all my emails because I was a loser. I know what it's like to hit rock bottom. I know what it's like to win five days in a row and be a, a million and lose it all in one game because I couldn't manage my money. So I can relate to my clients because I was a loser and I was average at one point too. So I teach money management. It, people understand that this is a business. It's not a hobby. And if you're trying to win money every single day, you're, you're going to get busted. So you have to treat this like, you know, an investment, you know, people put money in a 401k IRA because they're trained by society to do that. They put X amount every month and they don't even pay attention to it. And they hope that $10,000 investment goes to 40 grand in 10, 15 years. Yet in sports betting, they want to bet 10 grand and win 20 grand in three hours. The mindset's different. So I have to educate my players that you have to treat this like an investment in your portfolio. I was just going to say that it's super relatable to stocks or options or, or something of that nature. Uh, you bring up losses a few times. What is your biggest takeaway from your losses? That I don't lose, that I win, because I realized why I lost that game. So every time I lose, I gain knowledge from it. And I, 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 I go back and watch the game and I realize what I did wrong. And so that's why my winning streaks sometimes have gone up to 29 in a row, 35 in a row. Um, I've done some crazy streaks um, for my players, but um, every loss is a win for me, so I don't lose. How did you get into that mindset of understanding that there is a lesson embedded within a loss, which gives it gives you the win, as you're saying? Because I'm open minded and I want to learn. I always want to be the best and you're never going to be the best unless you're always improving and um, growing. And right. if I lost that game, I need to know why I lost that game. People paid me a thousand bucks for a pick. You have to understand that no one else charges. People came in and sell their picks for 40 bucks a month. I sell one pick for $1,000. So I need to understand and make sure and learn why that pick lost. I'm a student of the game every day as well. I love that. I love that. Now talk to me about the, the ban from Vegas. What happened with that? Yeah. So I was a professional loser for a while. And then I broke the code. I realized that money's in the futures bets, you know, five, six years ago, they would take any bet on a, on a future. A future means you bet an X amount on a team to win the world series or super bowl five, six months later. And they would take those bets because most people don't have the patience. Gamblers want money today. They want to get paid yesterday. No one has the patience to put a bet down and wait five, six months for like the Braves bet them in the week one and hold them to win the world series and get that big payout. Well, I did that um, with the Ravens to win the Super Bowl at 25 to one odds um, that year. They beat the 49ers and I put 8,000 and went 200,000, which was a big chunk of change for me back then. And then that following year, I bet the Red Sox at the all-star break to win the World Series, 30 grand and went 300. Then I realized I have something. 
then 2015 is what put me on the map. I bet over 100,000 on the Kansas City Royals doing the World Series in week one. They haven't won a World Series in 30 years. They were 30 to one odds. Like no one believed in them. And I put 100,000 and they won. It paid me $2.5 million. That's the biggest pay in the history of sports betting. And before that season ended, I bet the Broncos in preseason with uh, Manning to win the Super Bowl at 16 and 18 to one odds. That paid 2.3 uh, million. So back to back, I had 4.8 million. Then I had Ronda Rousey to lose to Holly Holm. And then I flipped on Holly Holm and took Misha Tate to beat Holly Holm. So those are two, uh, two big uh, underdogs as well. So I went like in a $10 million run in six months. And that's when the casinos cut me off. Wow. Wow. Uh, so I have to ask, like, you're talking big money here. You're putting big money down. Like it's never been done before on futures. How is there, like, I'm just trying to understand you. Like, was there no pressure on you? Like what happens? Like you're going into this. Uh, and maybe you could, you might say, Matt, well, listen, you know, I, I've learned my lesson. I don't bet everything I have. Um, like, do you not feel the pressure? Like my heart would be fucking racing this entire game. It was, it was exciting, but um, I, I'm fearless. Anytime I put money down, I believe I'm going to win. There's not anything in my head that goes, what if this doesn't win? I believe everything I do is going to happen. And um, then I, you know, I didn't tell the world I bet the Royals until after I got all the bets in myself because the line dropped from 30 to one to 25 to one to 15, 10. And they went to the favorite at four to one after I announced it to the world and everyone started betting it. But um, I could have hedged in the playoffs. I could have hedged and I could have took a guaranteed, um, you know, a little over a million dollars guaranteed, but I wanted to ride it out because I really believed um, they would win the world series. I mean, they were there a year before they had uh, Gordon on third, the tying run Perez popped out. They're one out away from a game seven and people don't understand that. And to get them at 30 to one odds, come on, that's value. And I see when I see value or when I see the sports books fuck up, like they did, I attack. Right, right, right. I love it. I love it. And I love how you're continuously betting on yourself, right? Like uh, through it all, always betting on yourself. So with someone listening to this, what would be your advice to them to continue to bet on themselves or at least start building that muscle? You got, I mean, it's in your DNA. I mean, if you're a pussy, you're a pussy. And if you're a boss, you're a boss. You know, you can't take someone that's timid, that plays life on defense every time to become an offensive person. I mean, that's in your DNA. You can have them improve. But a lot of people in this world play play not to um, they play not to lose. You know, mm-hmm. they, they just are very soft. They're afraid. They're afraid where I'm aggressive. I, I played a win, 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 win. They're on defense. I'm on offense. I always tell people in business, you know, most people watching this right now, their worst nightmare is a loser job. My worst nightmare is to get a fucking job. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference between financial freedom and job security is that where people biggest nightmare is to lose their job. I mean, I'd shoot myself. I had to get a job. It's all mindset. So you need to be able to take risk and risk is the down payment for success. But most people don't have it. You need balls and vision to make it in this world. And either people lack the balls or they lack the vision. Right. Now, is there any balance between the offense and the defense? Like, do you find yourself going on defense sometimes or are you just like strictly go, 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 go? I call audibles where I can back up a little bit. Right. You know, I'm the quarterback. I can audible. I can shift. You know, I can pivot, which is what I did, you know, when they shut me down for sports betting. And they not only did they not pay me and some of the money they sent the feds after me, uh, they indicted me on 19 alleged felony accounts saying I was using fake social security numbers to open up uh sports accounts, which is crazy because everyone knows who I am. When I go and bet hundreds of thousands of dollars a day, um, after three years, 
I had the 19 felonies and the 40 year prison term was dropped to zero to zero. They just said I couldn't bet no more. So what was I going to do? You know, I wasn't going to get a job where my goal was to make a hundred thousand a month as a sports better, a professional sports better. I then pivoted um, to be a sports consultant where I sell picks. And now I'm making what, two, three million a month. A bad day is a hundred thousand a month, a hundred thousand a day, a hundred thousand a day. So it was a blessing in disguise that the casino shut me down. It was a blessing that they banned me. It was a blessing. The feds came after me because it made me pivot and adjust. And um, I didn't give up. You know, I, I could have, most people when they're facing 40 years in prison, drugs, alcohol, depression, I built an empire. Right, right. I love that, man. I love that. I love that what you do is aligned with your passion. You know, it's very, it's very evident just from the, you know, the energy you give off as you talk about it. Uh, and obviously, we're we're seeing something new pop up, and maybe it's not even new. Um, but sports cards are back. How do you feel about this? They're gonna, it's gonna collapse. You know, sports cards you are think back. So I know. So I just made a video on YouTube. Vegas State versus Gary V. Gary V is gonna be wrong. All. The market's going to collapse by the end of 2024. And I made a video why, because all these investors from Wall Street are coming over and they're buying cards for $500,000 and they're selling shares of it, 10 shares at you know $100,000 a piece. And that's why people can now own a share of a card, which they can never afford before, makes the card double in value. It's just inflated values. You see the Michael Jordan card go from 30 grand to 250 grand to $700,000 in 30 days. You see a Steph Curry rookie go from 30K two years ago didn't play last year, shoot up to a million dollars. It's all inflated. People are inflating and manipulating the market. And once one of these big investors pull out, domino effect, this whole shit's going to crash big time. I know that for sure it's going to collapse the market. People don't want to hear that though. It's because yeah, a, a lot of people they, are buying in. Yeah, they hate me for that. But I, I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to share my vision. Remember, vision is seen with the brain, not the eyes. All these sheep see the cars going up from 1,000 to 50,000, 200,000 to a million. They right. have no vision that they should be terrified. They should right. be happy and sell, sell, sell. Cause this shit's not going to sustain. It's going to collapse hard. The people have no vision. They only see with the eyes. They have no vision in the brain. Well, what's, what do you feel like is next for sports? Like, do you feel like it's memorabilia? Like, I mean, you have some helmets behind you, like game use stuff, whatever happened to game use stuff. I don't like that stuff. I just have helmets because just for stuff in my office, you know, so right, I don't right. big in memorabilia at all. Um, sports cards are hot right now. They'll be hot for a little bit longer as well. You know, I predicted the collapse would happen by the end of 2024. There's money to be made. There's big people getting involved. But remember, what goes up must come down. And I've been in this. People think I just got lucky. I came in the sports card business three years ago and made millions. No, I've been doing this since I was 16. I know how the market works. You know, no one. I mean, I was the person three years ago to predict the market would boom. And I made that video. This card for 400,000. We'll break the Honus Wagner record. Everyone laughed at me, talked shit. Uh, you bought a piece of cardboard, you're a loser over a house. And what did I do? Two years later, I executed my vision, sold for $4 million. It broke the Honus Wagner record. No one's ever going to do a $3.6 million flip ever in the history of cards. I was the one that told the world it was going to pop and go off. And I'm the first one in the world to tell the world's going to collapse, the market's going to collapse. And I'll be right about that too. Have you had a debate with Gary about this yet or no? Gary doesn't want to argue with me because he knows I'm right. Gary's a brilliant man. I'm a brilliant man. What's Gary do? Make a video that the market's going to stay like this? Gary's smart. He knows yeah. it's going to collapse, but Gary's pumping the card so high that he can't all of a sudden be like, uh, sell. It's going to hurt his brand. But he knows and I know that I'm right. Right, right, right. I love it, man. I love it. What's a question you wish more people would ask you? I know you've done shows. I know you've been on Brad's show and whatnot. Um, you probably have a million and one people asking you questions on social media. What is a question you wish more people to ask you and how would you answer it? Um, it could be about why? anything. What, mm. Yeah. What, what, you know, what, 
what's your why? You know, people like what drives you? You're like a machine, like my ex-girlfriend. She's like, I dated athletes. I dated other high profile players, people, but no one works like you. You literally will wake up at four and walk to work to 11 and not talk to me like why? And I'm just, one was motivation to buy my parents their dream house, which I did mm. because, you know, my parents gave me everything growing up. So for me to buy them, you know, a $4 million house cash was a big uh, uh, accomplishment in my life, but I know God gifted me, you know, God, I, w- I wasn't born on this earth to have a wife. I'm not to have children. I'm here to make money and inspire other people to make money and inspire people to never give up. Cause I fucked up until I was 40. I'm 44. I fucked up. I was a millionaire a dozen times before 30 years old and lost it all 12 times. I fucked up. I fucked up. I fucked up. So I want to be able to teach people that, you know, it's never too late. Now I'm super wealthy and I didn't change my life till I was 40, but my why was my parents. And my why was that I wanted to be the best in the world of what I do. And my why was I want to be inspirational and teach the younger generations um, not to make the same mistakes I did so they can uh, accomplish their goals and visions uh, at a faster pace than I did. Dave, I need to know what it felt like to actually buy your parents at home. Uh, A few buddies of mine, we were actually just talking about it. We have, you know, these, uh, what's it called? Bucket list, Um, you know, bucket list to, you know, send your parents on this vacation to do this for your parents. I really resonate with what you just said. How good does that feel? It was great. You know, I bought the house 17 months ago. It was 2.6 million. They were, you know, they're simple people, but I didn't like the way it looked. So I did over a million dollar renovation. It took a year and it's beautiful. It felt great. And they just told me yesterday, they're like, man, thank you so much. Like they're living like Kings and Queens. And yet my parents are very simple. My dad was broke his whole life. You know, he grew up in Romania. He had a loaf of bread a day. That's all he could afford. So it felt really good to take care of the people that um, believed in me. Cause I feel in this generation, most people don't respect their mother and father anymore. You know, that they don't have values. Um, I still, you know, I choose to live with my parents. You know, this is a 8,000 square foot home, but uh, I choose to live with them. Why? Because I love them. You know, most people don't understand that, but I'm not here to have people understand me. Um, it keeps me grounded and be around the people every single day that believed in me is, is special to me. And I felt great. It was a great, right. biggest accomplishment in my life. Now you brought up God a few times. I'm curious, how did you keep your faith in God through the turbulent times of losing money and whatnot? A lot of prayer, especially through my federal case, you know, you don't know if you're going to go to jail for 40 years or if I'm going to walk out alive. You know, I pray that's, that's why the indictment was the best thing ever happened to me besides the financial reasons, but I had a better relationship with my parents because I realized who are, who are the people that stick by me when everyone's calling me a criminal on the internet and um, God, you know, you learn to pray a lot. You know, I, you know, I tell people you can eat three meals a day. You should be able to give thanks three times a day. So I'm big on prayer. I pray every morning, every day and every night out of gratitude. But during that time is when I prayed for my freedom. And I really believe I've God and two garden angels that look over me because shit just always ends up going my way at the end of the day. Yeah. I love that. I literally, and I, I resonate with that super highly, which is why I asked, I have in God, I trust tattooed across my chest, but uh, you know, me at 28 years old right now, sometimes the turbulent times are like, yo, why is God against me and whatnot? That's why I had to ask that because um, you know, listen, it's just, it's just reality. So I appreciate your, your share and, and your advice there and the power of prayer is huge, man. That's huge. So I, I definitely appreciate that. Um Awesome. What do you feel like is a piece of advice that you were given that you didn't want to hear at the time it was given to you, but proved to be true over time? My dad, you know, um, save money. You need money to make money. Um, 
people, I mean, I made millions and blew it all. You know, part of it was my marketing, which people understand, which worked out for me, the marketing, the content. But, you know, it's not how much money you make, it's how much you save and how much you invest. And that's why now I'm super wealthy. I'm investing in real estate and buying land and building villas. I have rentals. So um, I'm smart with my money. So if I would have just listened to my immigrant father 10, 15 years ago, I, pro- I don't know if I'd had more money. I think I, I think I had to hit rock bottom and lose it a dozen times before I realized, um, you know, it takes money to make money. It's all about what you save and invest in, not how much you make. I love that. I apologize for the the puppy that's behind me just walking up and down the stairs over oh, here. Uh, <laughs> that's the reality of working from home right now. Uh, I, I definitely appreciate that. I want to try and extract maybe like there was another lesson embedded with uh, I, I know you said you kind of like got you together at 40, right? Over the course of like losing it over and over and over and over again, they always say like lessons keep popping up until you finally grasp it. What do you feel like was that main lesson that you had to take away for you to finally say like, all right, fuck, like I got it now change him i mean it was just a lot of things that i it was choices everything comes down to choices i tell people where you if you're watching this right now your life is predicated the choices you make you know everything if you're in a good financial spot or you're in a good relationship versus a bad financial spot or a bad relationship it's your choices you either choose to stay with that bum or you choose to stay that shitty job or you choose to move forward you know everything's predicating the choices you make and i changed you know i stopped going to nightclubs i stopped partying i stopped coming at four in the morning i got rid of all my loser friends that hung out in the nightclubs and i started hanging out with not that many people because you know you try to hang around people that, that can elevate you and to be honest there's not many people that make a million dollars a week like me, you know, so it's very hard. So my circle of friends, my circle of friends got smaller, but my bank account got bigger, you know, and um, I really stopped giving a fuck what other people thought about me. And I always never really cared, but now I really don't give a fuck what people think about me because every day people talk about me every day. If I lose a game, I'm a fraud, I'm a scam, I'm a crook, um, whatever it is. But I, I love that because haters are just confused admirers. And the day people stop talking about me and bashing me every day means I'm no longer rich and I'm no longer relevant. So it's all about building the brand. You know, people love me or hate me. There's now, no one's like, oh, Vegas Dave, he's cool. They're like, I either love that motherfucker or I hate that piece of shit. But either way, they're watching my shit and um, they're just confused admirers. It just builds a brand, powerful brand. Right. You know, and I think what you're, what you're saying here is so powerful because we can get so caught up in comparison and things of that nature, what people say about us, what people are going to think about us uh, can even create some sort of anxiety, social anxiety. Do I fit in here? Do I, I mean, listen, that's primal, right? We want to be able to fit in. What's your advice in actually getting to a place where you actually no longer care what people think about you and you just start belonging because you believe in yourself. When people realize that all these fake friends you have, when you die, they're not coming to your funeral. And most of these people aren't coming to your wedding when you get married. There's only, you only have five or six rider dies if you're lucky. I lose friends every year over money, you know, because people always want to steal from me. They're like, he makes so much money. I can fuck him over, you know? So it's fucked up now that every single thing I do must have a contract. Triple eyes looked over it. You can't trust anyone, you know? So it's like, life's crazy right now um, for me. You know, everyone has an angle to get, get to me. And they validate stealing because you're successful. So you have to stop giving a fuck what other people think and realize that these people aren't don't care about you at the end of the day. You'll only have a couple of good friends. So keep those people close. Like my good friends that I had that stuck me from day one, they'll never be hungry. They'll always have food on their plate and they'll always have a roof over that. They lost everything. I'd buy them a condo for two, three hundred thousand dollars. That's how loyal I am to my core friends. Is there any way to identify who is 
healthy to be around from an early stage as opposed to finding out too late, you know, from a relationship perspective? Female or both male and female? Both male and female. It doesn't matter. I mean, if, if they, if they complain, I tell people, man, that you're, if you hang around four bums, you're the fifth. If four of your right. best friends smoke pot all night, you probably smoke pot all night. If four of your best friend plays Madden video games all night, guess what? You're probably the fifth. If your friends go to the bar three times a week, you're probably the fifth bum that goes three, three times a week to the bar. You are who you surround yourself with. If they're not making money if they're not making moves and that they're not elevating and they're not being better than they were yesterday, they're not for you, but people don't like to be alone. And I tell people, people like, oh, you're alone. You must be lonely. No, I like working in silence. You know, true loneliness is being around the wrong people. Mm-hmm. People have it twisted. Oh, because you're alone, you must be lonely. No, you have it fucking twisted. The four bums you hang around with is true loneliness because that's true loneliness is hanging around the wrong people. Hanging around by yourself is way better for you. And it's not the true definition of loneliness. Being around the wrong people is a true definition of loneliness. Correct. And what I, what I've personally witnessed is people trying to change the people that they are around as opposed to actually changing the people they're around. If you get what I'm saying, kind of people don't want, they, people want to be liked and they can't be alone. People, that's why people stay in bad relationships. Yeah. They stay in it with a girl that cheats on them or a girl stays with a guy that beats her up and cheats on them. Why? Because they don't want to be alone. Everyone settles on their, on their, on their self-worth, just like a job. You know, you, you have a job, you probably think you're worth a hundred thousand a year, but your boss says you're worth 40. So you take that $40,000 salary. It's all self-worth. It's all about how you feel about yourself. You either have, you have two choices. You can be the boss or have a boss. Right. People I chose to be the boss. What's your advice for people to start bolstering their self-worth? I mean, it's something that I'm personally working on. So your, your response could potentially be of great impact here. Um, I, yeah, I'm curious. You have any advice there? You have to believe in yourself. If you don't yeah. believe in yourself, no one else would believe in yourself. I mean, why do people spend a thousand bucks a pick for me every single day? Because I believe I'm going to win. If I'm like, Hey, buy this pick. It might win. No one's mm. going to buy shit, you know? But if I say, Hey, buy this pick, click the link in the bio. Let's go. This game's in a cash. My believability. I believe in myself. I win every day. No, but I believe in my heart. I'm going to win that day. So if you can't believe in yourself, why would other people believe in yourself? Exactly. No, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. I I also want to respect your time here, Dave. Uh, One last question for you. If you could only give one piece of advice the rest of your life, what would that be? One piece of advice go all in like this ties in all better than yourself. You have one life. Right. Why do you choose to be average? Why do you choose? I mean, money doesn't have to be everything, but if this is a business podcast, why would you choose to work nine to five for 40 years for 40 hours a week, then retire, lose 40% of your 401k and then die. Mm. Why? You have one life. Like Why? With technology nowadays, you can do anything. I I run a million dollar business off my phone, you know, and guess what? If you wake up one day and you have two choices, you can be average or you can be better than the day before. And the next morning when the alarm goes off, you can hit snooze and be average or be better than the day before. And guess what? Every day, God's going to give you a new chance and a new opportunity, a new day to change your life. The choice is yours. Don't settle. You have one life. Why settle for mediocrity? Choose to be the best because you got one life. That's it. 
I love it, man. I love it. Uh, Dave, I'm going to have all of your social links, websites, all that good stuff in the show notes of this episode. Do you have anything that we should amplify here, make people aware of? While I, we have this I opportunity? run everything up on Instagram. That's my major platform, just this Vegas Dave. I don't you really cool. use my website. I don't really check my Twitter or Facebook. I, Instagram, I'm heavy in. Okay, cool, man. Definitely. Listen, Dave, I appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity here. I'm uh, grateful to um, amplify your message some more. It was a blast and uh, definitely appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, from our friend Vegas Dave. Now, as Dave mentioned, you can find his Instagram, which is his main platform, that's exactly what he mentioned, in the show notes of this episode to connect with him, whether you liked his mindset, the way he's continuously betting on himself, believing in himself, or you actually want picks from him because he's a consultant in that regard, you can head over to his IG, make sure you let him know that you heard him here on Decoding Success, that always means a lot to us and he'll know exactly what you're referring to in that regard. Now, on top of that, in the show notes of this episode, you could also find our social platforms, our website, where you can connect with us directly. The reason I throw that out there is because people are always trying to get in touch, and I just want to let you know that the information is out there for you to be able to get in touch, whether you have a recommendation for the show, a referral for the show, or just want to get in touch for the fuck of it. You are more than welcome to reach out. We absolutely love that. As always, I have to ask, if you found this episode to be of value, make sure you are sharing it, whether it's just with one person or on your Instagram story, whatever the case is, anything in between. Make sure you're letting us know that you're sharing it so that we can show our love back to you. And lastly, be blessed. Peace.